following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. sci-fi update i'm your host tony harper um today it's gonna be a little bit different i am gonna finally put out my top five sci-fi movies it's gonna be probably a little bit of a contentious list um i found each of them enjoyable for their own reasons and i'll get into it when we get to there um well to start off today we'll go with the news so I'm a little sad to announce that Eric Flint has passed away this last week on July 17th of 2022. He was a um, sci-fi author who got into it a little bit late in his life after he turned 40 or something like that. And he started writing with one of my favorite authors, David Weber. And uh, unfortunately, he passed this year. Other news is... Book Riot has reported that Virginia State Delegate Lawyer Tim Anderson and Republican Congressional Candidate Tommy Altman are suing Barnes & Noble to stop the sales of a Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass and a genderqueer memoir by Maya Kobe. Um, They're just saying that they're a little too sexually explicit. Um, they are obviously, um, with the LGBT community and these congressional candidates, um, have a problem with that. And I think that's ridiculous. Actually, if we really go back here and look at some of this stuff here, there's been a lot of, um, suing to get certain books out of the libraries and, and, um, a lot of libraries losing a lot of very interesting reading. Uh, LeVar Burton put out there at some point in time, if they're trying to ban it or get rid of it, you should really want to read some of these books. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with him on all those things, but to just ban books because they're out there and they're not with what your views are, I think it's totally inappropriate. Um, I do think... There's a possibility that you should do some age restriction on some books. But other than that, I don't really think um, books should be limited to anything other than that. Um, And the only reason why the age restriction are is because of some extreme views and you really need to have um, that mental basis to avoid just going down the sinkhole type of thing. And if you're not old enough, you just haven't developed enough experience to really deal with with some of those crazy notions um, that may be out there, like Nazism or something like that. It's nothing I would believe in. It's just that I don't think we should necessarily ban those books out there. 
Um, it does prevent people who are even in like law enforcement or the rest of the communities to figure out where some of these ideologies are coming from and how to combat those ideologies in a sensible manner if you don't have something that's you know written out that people can review to, to think about how to logically um, combat some of these extreme views and certain things. And I really don't think LGBTQ um, stuff is an extreme view. Um, so there's that, I guess. Uh, also in the news, what else did I put up here? Let's see. Uh, Wesley Snipes has come out with a Kickstarter campaign last month for a graphic novel called The Exiled. Um, it's basically his um, neo-noir graphic novel that kind of plays into one of the characters he brought out. I mean, he says he plays as a burnt-out detective on a trail of a vicious serial killer in a post-apocalyptic universe um, who murders victims with an ancient spine-ripping tool, sort of. I don't know what that means. But it sounds interesting. Um, If you're into it, look him up on Kickstarter. You'll be able to find uh, some information on that. And... In Search of Tomorrow is an 80s science fiction documentary that's on sale right now on Blu-ray and stuff like that. has some very exclusive clips from The Last Starfighter. It goes through and talks of um, other 80s movies. Um, I don't have that news article pulled up right now. I was looking at a clip on my phone. I was forgetting what some of the other ones are, but like The Last Navigator, all those, The Explorers, all those movies that came out in the 80s, it goes through, and it's a five-hour documentary. I'm kind of interested in this. I'm not sure if I will shell out the money for that um, right yet, but it is available on Blu-ray and DVD if you are interested yourself. So today is Harper Rave. Um... I don't think there's enough comedy in some sci-fi writing for today. I do know that in the past, and you really have to go into the past to find some good satirical science fiction, like Douglas Adams, or there was another guy that was in the past that, that had written satirical science fiction like that, where it's it's a comedy about how life in the future will repeat events of current day type of stuff. And I just don't think there's enough comedy out there or enough comedy even in a lot of um, science fiction things. I really, anytime you want want to see a good movie or a good book or something like that, it should bring you through all your emotions at some point in time. You want to be able to laugh at some parts. You want to be able to cry at some parts. You want to be able to... Be frustrated a little bit with how some of the characters act, and not too frustrating. I've I've had to put books down that may be either too frustrated or, like, I also want to be surprised too. Like, I want there to be some mystery in this stuff. I want there to be a plot twist that I couldn't predict. Um, uh, that fell into a lot of that stuff, and I really hope more sci-fi writers go on to do it to doing that kind of stuff. I do know that there was a book that came out in 2012. Oh, 
Terry Pratchett's the other one I was thinking about that does a lot of sci-fi, but he does or not sci-fi. He does a lot of fantasy satirical writing. Um, I wish there would be more in the science fiction side of it. I mean, some of his stuff is slightly sci-fi, but it's more in the fantasy side. Um, and I just love to see people do that more often. I mean, I really love Douglas Adams, and I literally laughed out loud while reading a section on his book, particularly about the whale and the uh, petunia, because I kind of wrote the, the books out of order. And when I got to the whale and the petunia part, I had already known that the petunia had been reborn and was trying to kill the main character later on. And when he said, oh, no, not again, I was like, that's freaking hilarious. But it's only because I read the books out of order that I found it so hilarious. But there are a lot of things that were um, just hilarious when you go back and think through some of that stuff or go back and review some of that stuff. And I really wish there was more of that in today's science fiction. Um, but it's just not out there. Like uh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest was another one that they were um, doing as part of this 80s documentary. All right, um, so my top five science fiction movies of all time. Now, I went on to, um, what's it called, IB, IMDB, right? That's the name of the site. Here, let me go back to the top. I just looked at the, the highest rated IMDB, yeah. Highest rated science fiction movies of all time and the top 100 of it. Um, and I didn't really agree with, with some of theirs. Like, their number one pick is 2001 in Space Odyssey. Absolutely fantastic movie. Absolutely fantastic science fiction. But I don't think it was the best movie on, on the group. Um, and then they got, like, Terminator, which, again, fantastic movie. That was, that one's a little bit in the running for being in my top five. But it really wasn't there. And then their number three one was Planet of the Apes. And the only reason why I included Planet of the Apes in my top five is just because of the plot twist at the end where um, they announced, or they didn't announce, where they showed the picture of the Statue of Liberty being in the sand there, and the guy realized that he came home back to Earth at a different point in time in the future where humankind had been wiped out and been basically replaced by by smart apes. So um, I thought that entire scene was beautiful and it was a good plot twist. I thought the entire um, racism thing that they covered with apes and humans, uh, well, speciesism maybe at that point in time since it's different species, but it was basically related to racism and how it was going on during that time frame. I thought that was all real well done, and it really reflected a lot of the culture that was going on at that point in time in that satirical um, but poignant kind of way. Um, and I really miss a lot of that stuff in today's science fiction. You just don't see it. Um I've been watching a lot of South Park here, so I've been watching a little bit satire. It's a little bit too much 
on the other side of things. I'm not saying that we have to go the way of the South Park, but things like Orville, which um, does have some satirical side of it, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, I have not really gotten to season three. I do understand from season three, they became a lot more serious of a sci-fi show, and I really can't wait to get into it. I just, with so much other stuff I've been watching, I haven't had a chance to uh, finish that up because I had honestly, I'd paused Orville at about episode one of season two, and then I dropped it. So I'm trying to catch up the rest of season two, and I think I'm almost at the end of season two. And then I should be able to start up uh, season three here very shortly. So my number one, number one, I already gave you my number five, but my number one, uh, science fiction movie will be Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Um, it brought you on that emotional roller coaster, particularly after Episode Four. Um, at the time these came out, I thought they were fantastically done. Um, I grew up with these shows as a kid. Um, I do believe the original Star. Star Wars Episode Four came out in 79, and Empire Strike Back came out in 81 or 82. And I think I actually started with Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back. And then I went back and watched Episode Four first. Of course, Star Wars has always been out of order, um, but it was a very enjoyable overall science fiction it's almost its own genre. It's science fiction fantasy combined in such a way that it was beautifully done. Um, and the additional works and everything else that has happened since those movies because of those movies by George Lucas. And it's just, I've enjoyed it the entire time. I haven't read all like 170 or 180 Star Wars books they have out now. Probably read about 30 of them. Um, but there, there is a lot of good books out there. There's the shows. There's the animes. Or not animes. Uh, well, I'll call them animes. Because they're close animes, but they're, they're not exactly. They're more modern, cartoonish stuff like Bad Batch and some other stuff. I mean, Star Wars Visions was actually anime that came out that was all based off of these shows or these movies that came out in the 80s and if these movies weren't so well done uh, we would have lost entire generations like nobody would be doing sci-fi very much Jules Verne was a very niche type author at the time when he was going through stuff I mean yeah he had some great ideas and some great science fiction and um, even the movie um, Under the Sea 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, was was beautifully done um, and it, it predicted a lot of things that happened realistically later on in life so I think science fiction is very important for us to get the James Webb Space Telescope, which has put out these phenomenal pictures recently here. 
of some stuff that the Hubble had done, which the Hubble had put out some phenomenal pictures, and everybody was like, oh, look at these Hubble pictures. But now with James Webb's, are like really like floor, uh, John the floor type of stuff. And how much further back into history we are going with the universe. And all this extra data, it's going to take us years to come through all this data that the James Webb has put out there. And that's all based off science fiction pushing us to the stars, pushing us to explore beyond what is our planet here. And I think that kind of leads into my uh, next movie at number two, and that's Jurassic Park. Now, I talked about exploring space here. This is where we're exploring ourselves, our thing... um, our thing, our, our genome, and how we can manipulate certain genes and stuff like that. And Jurassic Park starts off where we're probably going to start and where we have started. We will be manipulating genomes of other animals first. But recently, I read an article where the human genome at this point in time is totally ready to be edited by us with the new CRISPR technology and gene editing software and all that kind of stuff. We are going to be creating super soldiers shortly. Whether they will go into mass production or actually come out of something, who knows. But we will create them. I know that humans are going to be humans and it's going to happen. And the um, what's a world of tomorrow? What was it that... Um, had that Universal Soldier with John, I think it was John Claude Van Damme, and he's not even in the top 100 here. Universal Soldiers is basically where we're heading with some of that stuff. Um, But Jurassic Park itself was phenomenal in the fact that it had some of that comedy and it had um, some science, and the science wasn't extremely sound, but it wasn't extremely bad either. Um... It was a very enjoyable movie to watch. I found the book to be a lot better, um, as you usually will um, when the book comes out before the movie. Um, not always, but a lot of times you'll find that the uh, the movies are not as well done as the books. And then I think who they portrayed or who they got to portray certain characters like Jeff Goldblum, his character, the lawyer, um, was just fantastically done. Uh, It was an enjoyable experience to watch. Dinosaurs chasing stuff that gives you those little fright scare scenes. I thought it was well done. Um, And that leads me into the next really well done one, and Avatar as being number three. James Cameron's Avatar... um, was really a beautiful, beautifully done um, science fiction um, show. And it is unbelievably um, graphic, and I can't, can't wait until Avatar 2 comes out here to, to continue the progression through there. Um, the science, again, is a little eh, wishy-washy, but 
but the the movie the um, protect the earth type of vibe you get from it the um, satirical nature and some of that stuff definitely comes through uh, making that movie very very enjoyable to watch and um, like I said it was just beautifully done where they did the because you watch it in 3D and you see the um, like seeds of the tree or whatever the little sprout things that have like a life of their own like a hydra type like looking like thing that they did through the air and see that all being done through wonderful 3d or like the world tree thing burning up and all those ashes and all that kind of stuff falling down through again very beautifully done 3d cinematography um and there hasn't really been anybody that's done the like since so that's why i'm kind of excited for avatar 2 because i really want to see if he's progressed in that 3D technology in such a way that it makes it that immersive environment, like you feel like you're there type of thing again. And the last one, again, this one is probably going to be one of my most contentious ones. Um, The Fifth Element at number four. Fifth Element at number four over several... um, Nods that I'm going to go through here and give heavy nods through, and and we're going to go through them. In a lot of cases, my one through, or my two through, like, five could have been replaced with a few other movies. Um, But I chose the movies because of their distinct nature and that kind of stuff. And the fifth elements, comedy elements behind um, the thing really were better than, like, Back to the Future's comedy elements, better than, um, really, I mean, it was really, like, that one or Back to the Future was really right around there. I was trying to decide between the two, and I think the fifth element did a better job. Um, I really liked the, the actors in there. I, again, it's that whole we have to protect the earth type of thing vibe, um, that you get from the movie that I think was very important to get across to people. Uh, and overall, it was very enjoyable to watch. I had a good time from beginning to end. I laughed a lot through there. Uh, I didn't cry too much. Um, it was a little sad when the opera singer died, but it wasn't that sad. Um, maybe because of speciesism, I mean difference between me and her because of different species I don't know but it didn't really make me super sad it didn't make me it made me a little more angry than anything else about it and then um, just the rest of the, the movie I thought it was just it's a wonderfully done comedy and I'd love to see more comedy in sci-fi like that so some honorable mentions uh, Terminator wonderful movie um this probably could have gone through there and maybe repla- replaced Jurassic Park for, like, the science and um, kind of predicting a possible future and that kind of stuff. But I just didn't feel in of itself. I think Jurassic Park was much better than Terminator or getting science and some other things across better. Alien, um, 
Very enjoyable movie. Um, not a lot of science in it, per se. It was more the movie aspect of it, and they kind of gloss over a lot of the science in it. Um, so that's why Alien didn't get up there or anything else from the Alien um, Alien movies. Matrix was another um, honorable mention that, again, fabulously done movie, but a little too far-fetched. I don't think that robots would take humans to make power out of humans if they were smart enough to take over the world type of thing. And just That just doesn't work. Back to the Future, um, wonderful movie, great uh, comedy, enjoyed it. At the time um, it came out, it definitely superseded the fifth element. Even when the first fifth element first came out, I think it might have initially superseded it until you really got into the depth of the fifth element. And like It wasn't until I watched it the second or third time that I really found out the fifth element was so much better than uh, Back to the Future. And a lot of how that's comedy and... and how things went on there. Predator, absolutely phenomenal action movie. If we were doing action sci-fi, that would be up near the top, um, along with Starship Troopers. Loved both of those movies. Um, Really thought that the movies did a good job of portraying... um, Aliens, for the most part, um, thought they did a pretty good job of defining our tactics and how we might take out aliens or something like that if they came after us. I think Predator was a little light on the things, like I, particularly when you got towards Predator 5 or something like that. Like The initial Predator, I love the idea of ha- aliens going to like fifth world planets to go hunt other aliens that might hunt them back. Love the idea of that. I think that's that's hilarious and it's satire a little bit. I think it's uh, a very human-like thing that some humans would, would do. Um, and not saying that's right, but I'm saying that it's just... It's just that juxtaposition type of thing. It was just, like, wonderfully done. I thought it was good. Good show. Um... District 9, loved it. I love kind of the plot twist sort of at the end where he became an alien. Um, I thought it was phenomenally done. Uh, It's on up there with possibly replacing Avatar or Planet of the Apes. Um, I just think that uh, Avatar was so much higher quality and Planet of the Apes brought home that satire a lot better than District 9 did. Stargate, wonderful sci-fi. Thought about putting it up there uh, in place of Fifth Element or something like that, but I really wanted the Fifth Element for the comedy type of thing. Um, I think Stargate or Star Trek would have been beautifully placed into number four right there as far as overall movies. Um, But I wanted a little bit of a different take on my top five there. The Martian. Wonderful current science, current science fiction type of thing, just far enough in the future. Um, him actually surviving 
the collapse of the thing. I'm not so 100% sure. But I like how they try to use some science and try to use some um, engineering to try to get past it. I just think he probably would have starved before he got any of his fruits of his labor type of thing. RoboCop, that is another beautiful um, show for the time. It's dated, though, now. Um, this, the special effects are so much better now. Um, it didn't really hold up all that well over time. Uh, but it was it was a good, good movie. Really enjoyed it. Total Recall, enjoyable movie. Uh, really liked it. Uh, again, it's another one of those that kind of didn't hold up too much, too well over time. The next two, if I really, again, wanted to go to action or, um, like, dystopian futures, Mad Max or I Am Legend are phenomenal, phenomenal movies in that kind of, like, dystopian future, solo, I'm going to survive type genre, um, along with Pitch Black. And those three movies are great they are very enjoyable to watch. Um, they don't have a lot of comedy in either one of them, though. They don't have a lot of juxtaposition. They don't have a lot of this is how society will become or anything like that. They just have good action, good um, acting towards the action type of thing. Wonderful movies. Um, and that pretty much rounds out most of my honorable mentions from the top um, 100 of I, IMDB's website. I liked Interstellar. Interstellar and Contact were pretty good, but I don't even think they really get an honorable mention on my list. Uh, what was the other one? The Thing, again, it's dated. I didn't really, even the newer one in 1982, there was an older one before that. I didn't think it was all that great. Blade Runner. All right, Blade Runner almost made it to my honorable mentions. Um, it's a really good movie with some okay science, with some okay, like, satirical political statement type of things. But realistically, it wasn't it wasn't bad for the time. Actually, the first one that came out with Harrison Ford, uh, beautifully done for the time with nothing else in that kind of movie experience for you. I think Blade Runner would have been in the 80s in my top five. I mean, it was a beautifully done story but now that we've had some stuff even Blade Runner 2049 it's like I don't know I've seen so much better sci-fi with better science behind it uh, a little bit more realism behind it I mean I don't get me wrong I do think humans will would probably create sex slaves out of genetic clone type of things or genetic clone slave things like Universal Soldier and that kind of stuff um, but 
I just don't see him as the ability to make him have an expiration date or time. Um, I do see a way of, like, maybe needing people to hunt him down. I just don't know, like, a quick and easy way you would do that without a blood sample, without some kind of way of checking genetic markers. And I think that, honestly, if the government really wanted to take somebody out at that point in time, during that time frame, they would just say, oh, yeah, he was just a clone type of thing. And I don't think they covered any other aspects of society or implications of society if these things were true. They just covered a very narrow brand or narrow space in it. And there was so much more depth that they could have gotten into and so much more they can do it besides, hey, we created this clone human and it's going to fight back because it's a human being. All right, we get that. Um, again, it wasn't bad. Bad. I just think it could have been better. Uh, let's see. Minority Report was another one, or in 12 Monkeys, didn't quite get in there. Liked them both. They were good movies. Inception was okay. It wasn't really. Abyss I liked. Looper I still have not seen. E.T. was great. Loved E.T. Ex Machina, eh, was okay. Truman Show, I liked it. There just wasn't a lot of science fiction in it. I mean, it is science fiction. And the fact that we're going to follow somebody from their birth and and do this whole live thing all, all the way around. But realistically, people are doing that now. And I just don't know if there would be enough viewership to do 24 hours a day, seven days a week of watching this one kid who didn't know they were part of a show go through their entire life in this one little town type of thing. Um, X-Files, great. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That one, beautifully done. Good good one for the time. Um, I don't think it's 100% accurate with um, ET response or extraterrestrial response. Um, but it was a beautifully done show. What else did I have in here? Didn't really care for the time machine or invasion of the body smashers. Prometheus was okay. They live with this. Super 8 um, for signs. Those were good. I, I, I did actually write them down on my honorable mentions. I didn't really mention them that much. I think Super 8, um, just because of the superhero kind of thing out of it, um, is an enjoyable watch. Uh, but I don't think the movie was really well done. So I didn't mention it because of that. Signs was well done. Uh, but... I know, it just left me hanging too much at the end, I think. But it was a beautiful show. The Fly was great, but not anything to write home about. Escape from New York was okay. Pacific Rim. Dread. Now, they mentioned Dread and not Judge Dread, which I actually think the original Judge Dread uh, was way better than the remake in 2012. Uh, the original George, Judge Dread actually still applies today. There was a lot of science fiction in that that 
people just didn't give it credit for. Um, like bio scanners, like um, needing your ID to show stuff, like ID to drive a car type of thing. Those things, they're coming. They're already here. Like they have breathalyzers built into cars now for certain people. I think the original Judge Dredd was a beautiful masterpiece that doesn't get enough credit. Um, again, it should have been in my honorable mentions, but it's not even in the top 100 of I, IMDb uh, website. So I forgot about it for a second. Oblivion and Cloverfield were okay. Godzilla, eh. Limitless, eh. Deja Vu, eh. Uh, Ellipsium, beautiful. Loved it. Um, it was an okay movie. Enemy Mine was good for the time. Butterfly Effect was okay. Pedestrian was okay. AI liked it, enjoyed it. Um, Logan's Run liked it, enjoyed it. Another Earth was okay. The Arrival was okay. It wasn't bad. Outlander was all right. John Carter was all right. I really like the uh, 2012 version versus the original John Carter better. Um, I think John Carter was was pretty well done. Uh, Phenomenon was beautiful. Good story. Not much sci-fi, but liked it. Cloud Atlas was okay. Armageddon was good. The Running Man was good. Waterworld was pretty good. Day After Tomorrow was pretty good. Mimic was all right. Um, but again, that's going to pretty much round out most of the, the top 100 um, science fiction movies of all time. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And... Please continue to like, share, and subscribe, and continue continue to listen to me on your favorite podcast service, or watch me on YouTube. All right, guys, have a good evening.